Good morning, or should I say afternoon, and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Um, this is the concrete version of uh, the podcast, since I was pouring concrete slab this morning before I'm jumping online with my solid-as-concrete buddy and NFL expert, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune uh, and startribune.com. Mark, how you doing? And uh, what's what's solid in your world this morning? I'm bringing some orange to the podcast. I don't know if this mm. looks orange or to you or red, but it's orange. I got some orange around here, but uh, is that Deshaun Watson orange? Well, maybe this will be like in honor of Deshaun of the of the Browns getting ready to pay like two quarterbacks sixty six million dollars to not play for him all year. So. <laughs> So, yeah, so when we talk about Kirk and how much he costs and all the woes that come with that, at least Kirk will be on the field, whereas I don't uh, – the way this Watson thing's going and the, the fact that Baker Mayfield, I don't think his personality allows him to just bury the hatchet and play. So, um, you know, can you – you can maybe you're, maybe you'll be number three. You'll play uh, – you'll give him a bargain. Yeah, you can play quarterback for the Browns this year. So is that – you know, I, I – the only thing I saw about Baker recently was rumors of him coming to Minnesota, which I kind of chuckled about. Um, but so he's still a member of the Browns. He's still, you know, I suppose on the depth chart, he's behind uh, Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson is behind the eight ball. So uh, they can't get rid of Baker. They got to keep him around because Deshaun might be uh, suspended for the whole year. Is that right? Well, that's obviously why they didn't trade him or move him um, yeah. on the, around the draft. Uh, you know, and then uh, Baker's obviously in a in a situation where he would, if they make him plays, he's kind of, you know, for his own future, he's going to want to play, get, you know, give it his best. But right. uh, I think it's enough. I think I don't think they people tuned in for our Browns recap other than my shirt. So uh, are you sure? Okay. I, let's talk about I, Kurt. I'd love to hear you talk about this for a whole half hour. Cause it, it's, uh, there's, there's just nothing good about this. And didn't they win the division last year? No, they didn't make no. the playoffs last year. They didn't make the playoffs. Okay. So they're still ascending, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I, well, so they, 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 they ascended their little blip. They went up for one year and then uh, everyone, you know, and then, uh, so I, I jokingly, jokingly, uh, tell that uh, by getting the uh, the Browns for the front office by tapping the Browns front office, and getting the guy who has all the answers. Don't be surprised if maybe he doesn't have all the answers because, <laughs> you know, it, uh, that's yeah. Cleveland. Uh, the Cleveland in me says that maybe he doesn't have all the answers. We'll see. Well, you did mention a uh, quarterback we wanted to talk about in this in this uh, edition of uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown, and that is old Kirk Cousins, the the uh, the big elephant in this in the in the salary cap. But uh, you know, I, speaking of you know, we want to talk about him in terms of in terms of other quarterbacks in the league and where he's ranked. You know, this is perfect off season thing to do, where you know they aren't playing and. You look back at last year, and you can look with hope forward. And you know, I, I pulled down a uh, a ranking of uh, the quarterbacks, and and that seemed that I it you know I can't remember where it came from, but it was pretty close to where I thought it was. And then just let me let me run through the top ten here real quick and see what you think. Uh, Tom Brady from Tampa, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick. Heard Rome, of him? 
Josh Allen, Justin Hebert, uh, or Herbert. God, I always call him Hebert. Uh, Joe Burrow at number six, and then Lamar Jackson, number seven. Number eight is Dak Prescott, number nine, Kyler Murray, and number 10, Derek Carr. And no Kirk Cousins to be seen. He comes in at uh, – Comes in at twelve after you know after a car is Tannehill and then Cousins and we'll talk about that but uh, you know is is you know I, I get it with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert but you know and he did Burrow did take him to the the playoffs or to the Super Bowl but you know give me a little more right before you're uh, you're our yeah. top six quarterback in the league what do you think of that anyway? uh, if you're if you're talking about Burrow specifically. Yeah, I would take I would take Burrow in a heartbeat. I, I'd take everything about oh. Joe Burrow in a, in a heartbeat. Of uh, course. However, now over Kirk, over Kirk, in a, in, right now. Now Herb, Herbert, I would not take him right now over Kirk. I think he needs a little more seasoning. But Burrow has everything that you want when you when you pick a guy number one overall. Um, he has you know all the skills, the the the, the arm strength, the the accuracy down the field. The leadership, the the, the swagger, um, he's got it all. I mean, and and, and in two years, he's uh, he's 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 the only number one pick to make it to the Super Bowl that quickly. Um, right. So, and take put on put on a really crappy team, and and he gets hurt his first year, his second year, he's in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, if we're talking specifically about him, now I had some differences of. Wait, you know, Mark, I think it was just to take yeah. Burrow a step further. Um. Yeah, but he's. I don't think they've improved their offensive line, and if they can't keep him healthy, Bud Grant and uh, uh, guys like me would say, "Hey, you got to have Kirk Cousins. He doesn't miss even behind a rotten offensive line." Bur- Burrow's brittle. He's just another ACL waiting to happen. Well, is is your goal to go to the Super Bowl or to be alive at the? Or just be standing, uh, standing at the end of the year with a good with a good uh, a package of stats, and you're eight and nine. I mean. Uh, this guy, you know, uh, this guy's got. It. This guy's got. He's got it. He does. I mean, I, I'm not breaking any news here. This guy has got it. Yeah, he does. He he looks good. He he's, he's poised. He any and he wants it. You know, he 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 wants to do whatever it takes. You get you get that about him. He's he's pretty cocky, which I think is probably good at that position you got to have a little bit of that moxie maybe that's a better word that's more appealing but uh um yeah i i would take him in a heartbeat besides he's how much kirk and and doesn't yet get paid like kirk you know well that's another thing uh but but if you want to we'll break the tie okay well so you're you'd say no i would say yes uh, say next yes. week we'll okay so well, i was gonna say if, if it is a tie next week we'll have justin jefferson break the tie for us That'll uh, he's played with both of them, so Justin and, and, he, and we'd have, we would have to have him uh, as truth serum in him before maybe yeah. to surly make this. I think surly makes truth truth serum. So uh, or no, Ma- I'm sorry, Mankato Brewery there makes you go. truth serum. Um, so it, buddy boy, yeah. So then uh, we'll we'll have Justin break it. Uh, you know, Justin. Uh, uh, came out this week with uh, or he was I saw on Twitter where he said that hey we're no longer a run first offense so he's giddy he's giddy about Kirk and KOC's offense here at it uh, not Winter Park TCO Performance Center huh huh that Justin's all all about Kirk what are you talking about 
Did Dalvin respond? Or I mean, uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. They better be more than just a pass-only offense. Let's put it that way, or they're not going to. It's not going to work. No, you're exactly right. So you had That's some Mike Zimmer. Yeah, do you have some differences in that top ten? Or uh, go ahead. I think that you had uh, that was pro, uh, pro Football Focus, right? I think so. You yeah. had yours, yeah. It was. Yeah. Well, whenever we decided to do this, I you know, it's it. This is almost fitting for when you, a discussion about Kirk Cousins. When you say, "Is Kirk Cousins a top ten quarterback?" Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I said, "Maybe he is. Maybe he's not." Because I had eight people rock solid above him. Okay. So that puts him. Um, so I had obviously Rogers, um, Kyler Murray, uh, Stafford, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Lamar Jackson, Burrow, Josh Allen, um, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, where I had a dead, where I had a dead heat. Um, well, sorry, I had nine ahead of him for sure. And I, I think I listed nine. And uh, where I had him in a dead heat, I thought, guys, that would you take him? Who would you take? Yeah. Um, between him and Dak Prescott. So if uh, if I, you know, maybe he's uh, he's nine A nine or nine B or ten A ten B. So um, I will go with uh, like Kirk with his rec his career record of you know uh, being completely five hundred. Let's give him a tie. Let's give Kirk. A, he's, he's like 54, 54 and two or something like that. Let's give him a tie. We'll tie him for tenth place and let him play it off with uh, with Prescott. Let's uh, you know uh, you know both of them have good numbers. Both uh, probably don't uh, they don't have the postseason uh, you know success that you'd like. Um, obviously, both of them very well paid. Uh, but uh, I got them like if you were to stay, and it, we're not talking money or anything else. Who would you take this guy or this guy right mm-hmm. now? You know, obviously, you know. Uh, Brady's age would factor in, uh, Cousins' contract would factor in, but just football and taking those. So, you know, those are the nine guys I would take ahead of him, and then I got a tie with uh, that tenth spot. You know, I I, I want to revisit a couple of those. You said Kyler Murray. Seems like you got him ranked pretty high. I was high on years ago when he, a few years ago when he came in as a rookie and and uh, came to a preseason game to the uh, U S bank stadium. I thought, God, this guy's, this kid's going to be great. And I kept telling my buddy who works for the Cardinals that it was the case. And they're, they're, they're just so, so with him because he, 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 he'll make mistakes at, at crucial spots. He's got the arm, he's got the mobility. He's a, a good kid. I, I uh, um, you know, he so he's gone a lot down a little bit, but I thought you had him maybe ranked higher than I would. You're kind of high on Kyler Murray. No, I mean, I, I those nine I gave you are uh, no, partic- no no particular order. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But I mean, like you know, obviously Rogers. I would that was the first name yeah. I mentioned. But but then I I mean, like I net I just went I just did NFC AFC. Like Kyler might have been the second name I mentioned, but he I certainly don't have him number two. Okay. Uh, but I, I have I have him in top nine. Yeah. Um, and a guy I would take over Kirk just because of all the stuff that he gives you, you know, I, you know, I would take that, that, that extra element of what he gives you right now, uh, over Kirk cousins, uh, Stafford, obviously just the leadership, uh, uh, you know, Brady for Brady, um, Lamar Jackson, you know, is not the passer that Kirk is, but Lamar Jackson, as we saw numerous times on fourth and short, I mean, there's just that. I mean, uh, how long can he play at that level and do the things he's doing? Right. 
But to me, give me that guy when it's third and short, fourth and short, and I'll be the greatest fourth and short coach in the history of the game. I mean, you know, Harbaugh, I don't know what his numbers are, what they say about him on fourth down, but mm-hmm. to me, that's where analytics goes out the windows when you're, when you're comparing like Lamar Jackson to anyone else uh, and say, you know, here are the numbers that say what you should do on fourth and one. Well, if I got this guy, I go for it. If I got that guy, I don't. Yeah. So that's where I, that's where analytics just I did they don't uh, it's like putting new stuff into an old uh, wine skin or something I just doesn't fit in my head. Uh, uh, but know, there I, are some there are some guys on these lists, um, you know, that I think Kirk should be ahead of. Yes, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, and Ryan Tannehill for sure for me. I, that that's they've got this list has gotten behind all those guys. Not for me. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, I'd probably take him over that just because of youth and, and the things he can do, but he's not, he's not gotten to the promised land either. Um, Dom Brady, if you're looking long-term, I mean, if you maybe wanted, uh, I don't know if you just wanted to get to the playoffs. I don't, I, I think he's done in Tampa. I, I don't know that they're going to get back there to the Super Bowl. I mean, he could, <laughs> but I mean, I, I know. I mean, he we said he, that two years ago. Yeah. Did I, I? I don't know if I did. No, no, we, no, no I'm, saying, I'm saying people said that two years ago. Ah, right. You know, he, he's done. And then last year he was uh, – He had a foot MVP. out the door. Well, it was a, but his numbers and, and his uh, – where he got him to the playoffs, I'm just saying that at 44 years old or whatever he was last year. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm saying right now, right now. Lost his coach. You know, I mean, uh, what's this guy? Faye name moved upstairs, and I thought that was a big part of the, how that team goes. Well, I think Tom Brady probably had a lot more to do with it. Well, you know, ultimately, but I mean, we're gonna have a scheme. So, I mean, if if you were to look, you know, a couple of years down the road, then you would take Kirk over him. But you know, I I I don't know. Um, Patrick Mahomes, of course, he would be my number one with a bullet. I've always liked that guy. Josh Allen, absolutely. Justin Abair, you know, it's uh, Herbert. God. Justin Herbert. Just call him uh, Bobby. Just call him Bobby. Yeah, I should call him Bobby Aver. Uh, you know, just for a not quite a pick. I might put Justin over him, but uh, you know, only because he's younger. Because he he's 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 great, but he's only so great so far. He's got more. I think more in, is in front of him than, than than we can talk about. But as far as Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, and Ryan Tannehill, if you made me take Kirk or any of those guys, I'm sticking with Kirk. Well, yeah, like like I said, I didn't, you know, I had I didn't have um, Herbert ahead of him, but but I wasn't looking at, you know, I wasn't looking at their window, their ceiling, or anything like that. Yeah, I'm looking at what does it give you right now, mm-hmm. and the, but 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 I will agree that I I would not, I would not take Derek Carr over Kirk. I, mm-hmm. I would not take uh, Tannehill over Kirk. In fact, in a lot of ways, I I look at Tannehill and I sort of see Kirk. You know. Uh, Tannehill's going to give you – right. And then uh, Kirk is – Tannehill's going to give you what your team gives you. Kirk's going to kind of give you what your team's going to give you. But I think Kirk's probably the more talented passer, probably the more accurate passer. And if I'm Tennessee, how that season ended last year with Tannehill, it's kind of that age-old question. It's like, you know, he's good, but is he going to be good enough? You know, and I don't know that he is. I, but I'm just saying I, I would take Kirk over, over him. And Dak is the one that I would, I do a tie. Yeah, that's just for, I guess if I had to, you know, I probably would take Kirk over him, but it would be very close. I, I don't, 
I, I think Dak is in a lot in a lot of ways sort of like the Cowboys. It's good player, you know, good team, but yeah. probably overrated. Just lost a decent receiver too, so we'll see how they do. And it'll be interesting to see how Derek Carr does with Devontae Adams. Now, if if uh, if that doesn't move the needle for those guys or move them further along, I mean, then you do have to start looking at Carr. I don't know. Um, you put uh, Stafford ahead of Cousins. Now, would you? Is that percent? Does that have a recency bias to it, or would you have done that uh, two years ago when he's playing for for uh, Detroit? I, I probably would have done it too. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say going back, but I I think that that Matthew Stafford, what the Rams saw in him, and what anybody who would make that call saw in him, is exactly what they got. You know, um, they got a leader. They got a gritty, tough guy that is, you know is there. He doesn't disappear in big moments. Um, uh, he had some, there was a three game stretch there where right. uh, toward the end, toward the end of the year where he, you know, he, so he's not the most consistent in the world, but my goodness, that was his first year with a new team. Yeah. Um, Good so point. I think he, if I did have doubts, uh, if I would have had doubts, they were erased by how he stepped up. There was no, I can't even like, you know, Brady, I guess, Wow, Brady winning in Tampa wasn't the same type type of pressure because Brady, you know, had six trophies and Brady was a uh, so that's not I can't compare it to that. So I don't know who you compare to like a guy who went to a new team who was basically if he didn't win the Super Bowl, it was a bust and he yeah. was going to be de- he was going to be defined. The book closed on him and put away. And um, you know, if he would have had a if they would have had a losing season last year, he would have been. It would have been one of the biggest flop trades ever, but he did exactly what they wanted, uh, what they were yeah. looking for, and it, it it flipped the script on, uh, or it, it 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 proved to the people that made those type that made that move or would have made that move that hey, they you know this is this is the kind of guy that can take a team you know like, like the Lions, you're not a miracle worker, you're not even Tom Brady in his prime was not going to take what the Lions were putting on the field and leading it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, Tom Brady won with two teams, but Tom Brady handpicked himself the exact perfect situation to jump right. to now, and he was the difference. I mean, the year before, with just basically a quarterback difference, uh, you know, Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions or 31 interceptions, they, they couldn't even have a winning record. So they put Tom Brady in there, and he wins the Super Bowl. So, yeah. Um, um, Oh, what was I going to say? I lost it. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford, it's going to be interesting to watch him this year and the Rams just for the fact that, uh, you know, how do you follow that up? But he has, and since this is the concrete issue, of, he has a chance to cement his legacy with another really good season out there. I mean, he's still got the wep- most of the weapons. Uh, you know, I think the defense is still going to be decent. And, uh they, they they lost a couple people I think off the top of my head, but I I still think it's going to be they they lost their offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, but uh, um, it'll be really interesting to watch and he can really do a lot for his legacy I think if uh, he has another great season where they take a deep run into the playoffs maybe they don't win it again, but you know you know if he does win it again maybe you got to start looking at him you know with with all the numbers he's a mass in his career. Maybe you got to start talking about him in a, in a hall of fame kind of way you think, or no hall of fame voter, Mark Craig. Uh, I mean, it's, 
if, if you were to win back to back, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I guess, um, you know, we're still rest. People are wrestling with the Eli Manning. He's won two and yeah. stopped one of the dynasties of all time, both time, both Super Bowl wins. Um, but yeah, I suppose he, you know, he enters that, that realm of is he or is he, um, some people are already saying he is now, but you know, that's it. They do that all the time. Right. Um, but to me, if ever there was a, cause that, you know, the, the complacency, the let up is always the biggest, probably the biggest challenge for these teams. And if any team would fall to that, you know, deserves to fall to the hat would, would be the Rams because the pressure on them started with that Stafford trade, which happened like in February, you know, or the, you know, that project, you know, whenever it could become final, but I remember it happening right around the Super Bowl yep. year before. And the pressure was uh, on the Rams and him and McVay and, and everybody out there that, um, you know, it's Super Bowl or bust and that the Super Bowl win or bust, not just get there. Right. Um, so can you keep that type of intensity for two years? I don't know. Not too many teams. Yeah. Not, not too many teams do that. You know, yeah, I mean, even even uh, Aaron Donald was toying with retiring, or at least he was saying it. Maybe it's uh, why, but he was <laughs> talking about it. I think Aaron Donald, uh, just like Sean McVay, they realize that their owner is one of the richest men in the world, and uh, <laughs> si since they can't go to live golf, they wanted to get some big numbers there, Joe. Uh, so they threw the R word out there. I don't. I never believed for a minute that either one of those guys was going to retire. Yeah, and especially McVeigh, he was not going to retire. No, uh, but they got paid, so hats off yeah. to them. Hey, they did the right thing. And now, uh, and now, cranky or what, chronic or what, crackpot, whatever you want to call him, he's got a he's got a, a Stanley Cup in his in his trophy case too. He owns, yep. owns the Avalanche. So that's that's just wonderful. Anyway, uh, okay. So the bottom line is, you would let you would have Kirk sneaking into the top 10 of your picks. Is that what you're saying? Or, or tied for the 10th tied, tied for 10. I think that's a perfect way to put Kirk cousins into the 10th spot is to tie him. So he's, you know, I'm saying, so he'd be, you know, or should I tie him for 11, five, five and one? Uh, no. Yeah. So I would put him on a tie for the top 10. All right. Well, I would, I would, uh, I guess on paper, I would agree. I'd love to see him you know, exceed expectations this year. You know, like I've said on this podcast several times, they've kind of put things around him. They've put a nice uh, kumbaya offense and atmosphere around him. He's got the offensive coordinator he likes. He likes new offense. He's just going to connect with his new head coach and the offensive line's a little bit better. The weapons are there. He's got his tight end back plus, plus uh, uh, a nice, great receiving core. And the defense should be improved. So they should be able to get off, you know, the Schneid and and uh, and do something this year. But I think it uh, it's up to Kirk to uh, take it to the next level. So we'll see how he does. And uh, Mark putting him in the top ten. Well, well, that's that's where it starts. So we'll Tied. take a break. <laughs> we'll take a break right now at, uh, on the Vikings territory breakdown, and we'll be back with some more back and forth. Thanks. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm here with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. I'm Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory and PurplePTSD.com. We're talking Vikings. Um, 
last segment we ranked Kirk in the top 10. We'll see what, how that turns out in the next segment, if he's going to take him to the promised land this year. Some may think so. Anyway, uh, some sad news this week in Vikings land. A uh, former uh, expansion pickup from the Vikings' first year in 1961, they got uh, San Francisco running back Hugh McElhaney, who was uh, – when he was playing for for the 49 it was a good was a very good player and ha- had a big reputation but they got him in the expansion draft and uh unfortunately i i i was alive for that um, my friend mark craig was not but so so you can that's right all your old jokes for that but uh um you know, he wasn't here for very long, played for two seasons, you know, not, not, a, not a great career. He's on the downside. And then he went to two more teams and ended up in uh, retiring or retiring out of Detroit. But Mark, what, what are your thoughts on, on Hugh and, and, and those old Vikings and anything all of the above? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, uh, wasn't here for it. Wasn't around for it, but um, I'm probably more, um, I like the history of the league probably better than I do like the current. I like, I just love the history of the NFL. And when I think Hugh McElhaney, I don't think Vikings. Uh, sorry. Uh, you know, the million dollar backfield, the million dollar backfield, Joe, four Hall of Famers, McElhaney, Y.A. Tittle, John Henry Johnson, and Joe Perry. They called him the, uh, their PR guy called him the Hall, the uh, million dollar backfield. It became Joe that, Perry that from Aerosmith. No, I just <laughs> so they, but in calling the million dollar backfield, it wasn't literal. The four four Hall of Famers in their prime together. Oh well, no, John Henry Johnson wouldn't have been in his prime. But four guys there, uh, their combined salaries didn't even approach a million dollars. In fact, John Henry Johnson never made more than forty grand a year. He's a Hall of Famer. So um, I think they called him the King McElhaney. But by the time he had won five All Pro, I believe. Uh, if you watch, if you go back and watch the old tapes of him, he's kind of like um, one of the very first guys that would reverse field and uh, very elusive, powerful, but yet very elusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just didn't see backs go this way for a long way and then make a wild cut and then back this way, uh, which made him a great, you know, great returner. He had over 11,000. Uh, combined yards, so, so he was returning kicks, I believe, into his into his mid thirties when he was with the Vikings and uh, went on to the Giants. The Vikings, you know, the Vikings brought him here in the expansion draft probably just because of a name. He was a big name, right. but he was thirty two years old. Uh, they had Tommy. They they had drafted Tommy Mason, so obviously there was no future for him here. Uh, and then they traded him to the to the Giants, reunited him with Y.A. Tittle, and. Uh, so he, you know, he had over 5,000 yards rushing, over 3,000 3, yards, I think, receiving, which you know, sounds like nothing today. It sounds like a good couple of years maybe, you know, but different era. You know, that was big to have a guy that was – he was also kind of ahead of his time, sort of like, um, you know, uh, Chuck Foreman was a little bit later, like a, another 10 years later in that, you know, his style could fit in today's NFL where you're a runner, receiver – you're elusive. You got a little bit of power. Um, so, yeah, a great, great player. One of the, one of the, one of the best. That makes me me think. You know, you're saying Chuck could have uh, could play in his elusiveness could put him in today's game. But was he fast enough? I mean, the game is faster even than it was in the '70s when Chuck Foreman played. Oh, 
do you think he's fast enough? Because he didn't have the breakneck speed. He just had, had he was incredibly elusive. I mean, out of the backfield catching passes, he'd always make the first couple guys miss. But uh, was you think he was fast enough to uh, survive getting drilled by by these linebackers or whatever in this league? Well, but I, when you when you compare errors like that, you also you also you got to look. You, you got to take what you look at, but you also have to factor in the fact that okay, these guys in the '70s and '60s were guys that played football. When football was over, they went and got a job as an insurance salesman, selling cars. Even while they, they were, were playing, <laughs> yeah. So they were, yeah, exactly. So they they were not football machines that were yeah. taken from a very young age. And, and uh, they got all the, you know, the, the nutritionists and the, and they didn't even lift weights at, you know, we're talking the sixties, seventies, uh, uh, you know, the point, there was a point where they weren't even lifting weights. They weren't training. They went to training camp to get in shape. You know, now they go to training camp just to kind of kick some rust off because they've been back home with their million dollar trainers and their nutritionists and all this. Um, the game is obviously has evolved that way as well. A guy like um, you know Chuck would be a different. You'd see a different type of player. You'd see a more muscle bound. You'd see a more mm-hmm. uh, a faster guy probably. Um, and I'm just and then there's certain guys that could play in any era, like um, Carl Eller, uh, <laughs> as, as as imposing and dominant as he was in the '60s and '70s. You put Carl Eller in today's game, and he's a Hall of Famer. He's still a Hall of Famer because there's no one that's going to be tougher or and there's no one that's going to be stronger than him because he'll now be the guy who's also training as a, you know, he's a football machine. He's not just a right. football player. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's guys that could play in any year. I'm just, when I look at Chuck and I think, you know, um, Chuck and Jerry Burns and, and what, what they were calling, you know, if they'd had to sit, you know, and this has been said and Jerry used to say it when he was alive all the time, um, just like, what is the West Coast offense? You know, it's like they were kind of the Vikings were running that, you know, a decade probably before the um, the 49ers were. But yep. unfortunately for the Vikings, they didn't win, you know, four Super Bowls in the in the 70s. Whereas the, you know, the uh, 49ers went on and had all the Super Bowl success. You know, they should have. They uh, they had the defense to do it. They had the quarterback. They had the running back. They had decent receivers. They uh you know, they even had a decent coach. I, you know, it, I still look back, and you know, of course, I'm a, grew up a Vikings fan, watching them, and that's it's still difficult to 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 admit that they didn't win one. Uh, um, yeah, but it seems like you know, when you think about it, they had the team to do it, but you know, uh, they couldn't they couldn't do it, and there wasn't a, a Super Bowl trophy here in Minnesota, and there was one in Green Bay apparently this weekend that you saw, huh, when you were over there trolling trolling me on Twitter with it? Yeah, 94 degrees on Friday when we, we wheeled into Lambeau. And um, the reason we – well, we went is, you know, uh, my daughter had a soccer tournament in Appleton. So before you t- – you know, before you go to Appleton and you drive down uh, 41 through all – because my, my daughter grew up and she would like – uh, just as kind of a lark with her friends, she would like cows. So I said, "You want you like cows?" I said, "You're going to be able to smell what cows smell like when they when you put them all together on a dairy farm, because that road from Green Bay to uh, to uh, Appleton, it, there's stretches where it's like, whoo, it gets a little ripe." Um, so 
we went to Lambeau and I, I had seen the Hall of Fame early when it first opened. I think when they opened the new stadium, our new version of the stadium, like Im improvements. Um, and they had, they had it was a little bit smaller, but it's it's, uh, it's a little bit bigger now. Um, and she has a um, my daughters have a, a great, great uncle. My wife's great uncle is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Packers Hall of Fame. Arnie Herbert. He was the wow. first quarterback to throw for for a thousand yards in the thirties. He was sure the quarterback. You sure it isn't yeah. Arnie Aber? I know it might. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Aber. Um, so he was like, you know, every well, football historians football historians know the the name Don Hudson. He was the yep. first great receiver. Uh, they may not know who was doing most of the throwing to Don was was Arnie Herber. Uh, so uh, it's kind of cool. It's always been, uh, um, you know, my obviously uh, he uh, Arnie died in the 69. So my wife was only four. So she didn't know him. But there's always been this attachment to, um, you know, because they have no thank God. Both my kids and my wife have no interest in football, so they don't want to talk about football. Um, they have like they you couldn't even they don't even know when football season is half the time. So, um, but when it comes sure, to like, let's be for for sure that you don't share any uh, blood or or a DNA with Mister Herbert uh, Ernie Herbert either. That's it's all by marriage. Uh, no, I I do not. Uh, that would since I married his great great niece, that would make it a little. <laughs> That, that's that's Iowa. That would happen in Iowa. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, wow. Wow. Um, but you got to pick on – you always have to pick on the state that's below you. you know, or or Ohio, you pick on both, Michigan and West Virginia. So yeah. um, Minnesotans yeah. only pick on Wisconsinites and Iowans. And Iowa, yeah. yeah. You know why the wind blows south, don't you? Because Iowa sucks. Yeah. So there it is. That, that, that'll get some – some letters in here screaming at us. Well, they, that's what they always said. Columbus. Why does Columbus? Why is it windy there? Because because uh, Cleveland blows and Cincinnati sucks. So it's, <laughs> it's right in the middle. So. Um. Well, that that must have been a fun trip. Did uh, Kaylee? Is that your daughter's name? Kaylee. Callie. 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 Yeah. Is uh, did she enjoy the uh, trip down uh, football history lane? I mean, it's it's in the. I've not seen the Hall Packers Hall of Fame. I've seen the new stadium but uh i've been in the in the press room and such but i did not tour their hall of fame it's, it's pretty cool yeah it's well done and, and the vikings have one have a nice one too they they they're, they're kind of at the more of the beginning stages of theirs you know but uh and they're and the and the packers seem to have a probably a little bit more room um but but the, and if people get a chance to go to the vikings one to see some of the old memorabilia that they have that one i'd recommend the vikings one as well um, but yeah, it's like, um, Everything she was watching, she, yeah, she was watching, uh, you know, cause I, a lot of the stations have where you can, um, see old clips, you know? So she's watching mm -hmm. clips from the, actually from the, well, it would have been the thirties or whatever. There's a couple of Hudson, Herbert of Hudson clips and stuff like that. Yeah. And her, her, com her comment was that, going back to our last conversation about eras and is he guy fast enough? looked at it and said that looks like high school football and i said well the game was a little bit more kind of rudimentary back then you know uh, uh so it's uh when you look at some of just how the game was played and where we're at now and uh, one thing i always give bud grant credit uh but you know bud will be the is always the first guy to say when you start talking about errors and you maybe you throw you know like a 
you feel like you're throwing something like the butter him up and say, you know, you guys were tougher back there. And he's always like the game today is so much better. It's what, you know, so I give him credit. He, you know, it's not, it's the opposite of the crusty old man. Like I couldn't play in our time. Right. You know? Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to have her see that and, you know, get some pictures and I sent you a couple of, some foreign objects that you might not have yeah, recognized. Thank you so much. You know, the Vikings do have an NFL championship, but I, I, that's too pathetic to say in, in, in light of talking about the Packers Hall of Fame. So we won't And this was, this was a Cleveland guy sending you pictures of a Lombardi trophy. So I, I don't know what it, I was. I was wondering what it was as well. I, 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 I was going to respond in that regard, but I thought, well, no, I'll just, just let it slide. Don't even go down this rabbit hole because I'm going to lose in the end. But, yeah, I thought about it. I said, yeah, what, what takes one to know one there, Mr. Orange? And, 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 a, and a great story, I, I, one of my more enjoyable stories that I worked on in recent memory was the, 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 the saga of where the, uh, the 1969 NFL trophy actually is. Because there really? was a trophy – there was a trophy that was, I forget the name, but, but if anyone wants to Google Vikings, my name, 69 trophy, it's even like Bud Grant talking about, like he didn't know, you know, this, the story of this trophy. And um, it was believed to have been like, like the Packers hoarded it. They kept it in their uh, warehouse or whatever, because once the, the, the Super Bowl trophy started coming out, um, that NFL trophy kind of, it used to be a rotating trophy. You would get it, you'd pass it on to the next team. And supposedly, because um, the Packers would have won, obviously would have won the NFC title the year before, when they, before they won Super Bowl II, and they never turned it over to the Vikings. And it was, but it should have gone to the Jets. It should have gone to the Colts before that, because that was the Super Bowl III. Our, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so it goes from the Packers the Colts. Um, and I, I can't remember all the details of the story, but it's a fascinating tale of where this thing actually uh, is. I think it actually, the Packers never passed it on to the Colts who never mm -hmm. didn't have it. So, and over time it just got lost. And so that's like the Vikings won trophy that you could say that they, <laughs> it's, you know, people will say they, they never won an NFL championship while well, they did. Yes. But they didn't win the final game. So. Boy, oh boy, that is so Minnesotan, right there. What, it is, yeah. It, it's just, it's pathetic. We we actually have one NFL championship, and we don't even have hardware to prove it. Oh, that's typical. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. We're gonna take another break right there, and we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about another story Mark worked on recently that he was is worth talking about. But uh, come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Myself and Mark Craig. Mark uh, Mark's writes for the Star Tribune. He's the NFL insider there. He's been covering the Vikings for, what, 16, 17, 18, 19 years? I can't remember. But he's been covering the NFL for even longer. And, Mark, you had a story you uh, worked on recently about uh, uh, Vikings former trainer, longtime trainer, Fred Zamberletti, great, wonderful guy, passed away maybe in the last five years, I believe. And uh, um, just, you know, the historian of the team, because he's been around for forever. And, you know, I, I saw him a number of times up in the, in the uh, press box, he'd come up to, to, to talk with, uh, 
with uh, everybody, all his old friends and stuff. And it was the funniest thing in, in his later years. He would, I, I'd only talked to him once. I did a story a number of years ago before I was actually a Vikings beat writer or Vikings writer. And I did a story about going back to Mankato and, and playing the, uh, the Vikings were, were thinking at the time that uh, they were going to leave Mankato. They ended up staying for another, you know, a, a long time after that, but it was, they were talking about leaving. So I went, you know, this is a story about going back to Mankato, which is my hometown. And, and I talked to Freddie, uh, interviewed him for the story. And he was talking about, I said, why is this place great? And he said, because their training camp was up on the hill of MSU Mankato and had all the breezes up there, you know, because you get so sweltering hot. And he said, that's why, it's, that's why he never wanted to lose because that kept players cool or whatever. But uh, anyway, I'd see him years later. And I'd say hi to him, you know, knowing that he didn't remember me because I didn't, you know, talk to him that much. But he thought he did. And he thought I was some guy, some writer from Green Bay. And he would sit down and we would talk. And every time I seen him, he would just, hey, how you doing? You know, it's like for the first few times he made me feel like, oh, God, he does remember me. But then I, I know he was mixing me up with somebody uh, who covered the Packers. And I just I never corrected him because I didn't know who the heck he thought I was. But uh, um, I thought that was funny. But, you know, the thing is, he's just a nice guy and he sit down and talk to you. But anyway, there's my story. So I'll, I'll pass it to you, Mark, and tell, tell us what you, what you know about Freddie, what you wrote about, and uh, go from there. Well, yeah, the, uh, tomorrow night the, day, the, the hall will honor like 20 guys that uh, they're going to be. It's an, it's an exhibit. Uh, they call them the um, Awards of Excellence, the people that, that you know, aren't going to be Hall of Famers are not going to be enshrined as players or contributors, but significant members of the NFL that in areas that, that get overlooked. So that, I really like that they did that. They did five um, as equipment uh, manager or five um, athletic train, head athletic trainers like Freddie was. And Freddie was, that was a head athletic trainer from 61 when they opened until I believe 98. And then there was three years where he did something else. I mean, he was where he was still with the team. And then he was basically a consultant uh, the entire time that I knew him. And he passed away in 2018. So they did uh, five of them, five uh, public relations guys, five assistant coaches, and uh, five equipment managers. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for Freddie to be one among – and I don't know if this is something that they're going to do every year, if they're going to add guys. Mm -hmm. uh, my guess would be they would. But for him to be in that charter class, that tells you a lot about, you know, what he meant. And, I, you know, I talked to – uh, for the story, I talked to Bud. I talked to Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton was called him one of the greatest Vikings, and nobody was as important to the Vikings. Uh, maybe that's a little overboard, but uh, yeah. in some some ways, maybe not, because his way he um, the Vikings were you know of that era, that early era, were the most durable uh, team of sports team ever. I mean, th three of the top guy, three of the top six are still like in the most consecutive games played, most consecutive starts, obviously Jim Marshall, uh, Mick Tinklehoff, wow. and Alan Page. And then you got, I mean, uh, there's other guys that are – there's a Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Favre broke the record as of – uh, but I mean, just saying that, that you know, a lot of that's, as I, you know, Bud will say, you know, it's just luck. You know, a lot of it has to do with luck. But also a lot of it was, you know, different era. You know, now they probably wouldn't play through some of the things that I've heard how they played before. Right. Um, but, but um, you know, Freddie kind of um, 
playing a role in that and also directing Bud on like not just those guys that showed up every week, but when he when he could count on, you know, because the rosters were smaller back then. You didn't have as many like you had thirty three guys on a team at one point and forty in the late sixties. So, um, and also just a, you know, Fran was talking about the relationship that he had with all the players, and when he's talking about that, anyone who's ever been around Freddie, you instantly like everybody's his friend. And um, I remember coming onto the beat in two thousand three or four free and uh just instantly you know when you're doing some old stories you know freddie would just kind of take you under his wing and tell you all these stories and um and he was a fascinating guy and i'm glad to see that he got this honor happy for his family and everything um you know a lot has been said about how uh you know the kumbaya the, the bonding now you know bonding now is a little more contrived a little more forced it's like you know, we're all going to meet at a, at the top golf and we're, they probably showed up in, in a luxury bus and, you know, things like that. God, um, I hope they win this year. So I can, I can, I can, I just, that. I just say, but like in the, in, you talk about Mankato and Freddie and yep. um, the bonding back then was, um, was a lot, it's a lot more entertaining to hear about, to talk about like when, <laughs> you know, they would, they would be down there for four weeks before they had a game, I think. Yeah. And then they, they, their first, their first escape from Mankato was uh, like to to drive north to play a game uh, or to fly out. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, they tell stories about like uh, you know Jim Marshall had a gun in his glove compartment, and the, nobody left until Jim grabbed his gun and fired it in the air, and then they all headed up. And the police <laughs> and the police, unlike unlike the Corn Robinson days when he was coming down to camp late. Uh, I think they looked the other way while the Vikings were all, you know, in their, in their cars, like speeding up, up North to go to wherever uh, to have, maybe have a couple adult, adult beverages. But uh, where Freddie plays into this is there's a famous story about how uh, what, they used to like to kill time at the, cause they couldn't practice 24 hours a day. Uh, so they would have rockets. Like um, I kind of remember doing this when I was a kid, you rockets were like kind of a big thing and, uh, but they would they they would have these rockets that they would shoot up in the air and they would all have competitions over by Gage Hall and how high could it go this that, and everything, and it was Marshall I believe and and Lertzema had something to do with this too because when they left Mankato I did a video with Lertzema talking about this incident that they had and uh, PETA would not be uh, it's not PETA approved if you're if you're a little uh, sensitive to animals you might uh, you might want to not listen. But, uh, they found a frog and they, they named him Freddy the Frog and they tied a little, um, they put him on the rocket and they tied a little um, parachute on Freddy and they sent Freddy up and um, got Freddy out honor of Fred Zamberletti. So right. uh, they shot him in and uh, the end of the story was Lurtzema and Jim Marshall both saying there were no survivors. <laughs> they shot Freddy up and they, they couldn't find Freddy. So yeah, that's my that's my Freddie related story. They had uh, they had fun. I mean, you know, I, I speaking of the old Vikings and all in training camp. I mean, they used to play for a number of years. They played Kansas City in a in a uh, two team scrimmage. You know, they would do they they were in River Falls or something. They were like the closest other training camp that they would hook up with. And and I think it was uh, 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 Chad Greenway telling a story about how Jared Allen when he was he was playing for KC at that time when they were still doing that. 
And these guys beforehand would would plan out that they were going to have a brawl so that they could end the thing and be done with it sooner than they were supposed to. It was really contriving. Jared Allen was behind it. He would, you know, start a, a fight with somebody on purpose so that they could, you know, end the scrimmage and everybody could go home and they could, they could go to their and shoot off their rockets or whatever. But uh, well, before before Jared Allen came along, um, Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, uh, some of uh, the wildest uh, training camps I've ever I covered was early on when Brock Lesnar was trying to make the Vikings. So Brock Lesnar was, and I went down to Arizona and did a story on him. It was fascinating to kind of see him without all the, you know, the stage Brock and the kind of the real person Brock. And although he's still, you know, a massive mountain of a man, but he was not football big. You know, he, he legitimately wanted to try and make the Vikings as a defensive tackle. Well, it wasn't long before he found out that, like the third string guard who's, you know, bottom heavy could knock Brock who's top heavy, you know, backwards over ass over team cup or whatever they call right. it. So, um, so they, they would play the, whenever they played, they would scrimmage the, by the time they get to the scrimmaging, the chiefs, uh, this was up in Blaine one time, or, and then it was also in uh, Mankato where, they're scrimmaging, scrimmaging. And well, by that time, everyone's fed up with two a days, legitimate padded two a days yep. under Mike Tice. You know, it's a, it's, hard, it's weird to, to say the throwback days were the early 2000s, but they, they were. Uh, and so inevitably, Brock would lose it and he'd start fighting. And there was one, one brawl where I think Brock like threw the guy over, you know, over his shoulder. And then the, the Chiefs came in and it was just a, I mean, it was a serious, you know, there's camp fights at a couple slaps and you're done, but this was, yeah. right. I mean, this was like, who's going to pull these guys apart. <laughs> and, uh, and then at, at, there was one at the end, they got to the end and Lesnar, you know, takes off his shoulder pads and puts them on the ground and he starts posing and Kelly Campbell, who was about a, a receiver that was about 25, 100, 100, 160 pounds, 170 pounds tops. He's he's right next to Lesnar. He's posing too. So it was, I don't know, just uh, even even like that era compared to you know that doesn't seem very long ago to me. Some people might be a lifetime ago, but a little more energy, a little more fun. Uh, the, the league kind of gets more and more scrubbed up and perfect every year. And uh, uh, you still have characters. You still have you know guys that it, uh, you know will be good in any era. You'll you'll like them, but you just I don't I I don't feel that the in, in scrubbing their image to make it everything perfect, I feel that obviously clearly the media loses out because you kind of lose um, your attachment to guys. But in, in return, and, and fans don't seem to re- don't seem to appreciate this part, at least the ones that make the most noise because they're like, oh, you know, what do you want to talk to them for? Well, it's for you. It's so we can bring stories that that you can remember and you know that you're not just uh, here's what this guy said at the podium yesterday. It's um, so it's kind of a, as the league becomes a little more and more every single year becomes a little more, but more, but you know, down. buttoned down and uh, pandemic obviously kicked that into high gear. Um, but, you know, I, that's why I like that. I love the history of the league. That, that reminds me of one uh, training camp story I have that uh, uh, didn't have many great moments there, but uh, had one when I was sitting 
on, on the end line watching practice and uh, Al Franken, the politician, the senator from Minnesota and former Saturday Night Live writer and actor, was there to give a fire-up speech uh, for Leslie Frazier's Vikings at some point. So um, he, you know, he's talking to Leslie, meets him, and then he starts walking out on the field and Bob Hagen shoes him back and says, no, 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 you can't go out there. And he comes back and hustles back to the sideline. He's just right next to me. And uh, uh, he's, he's kneeling down and I look down and says, oh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to go out there with those guys, you know, and, and, and do battle with them. You might get drilled. He goes, oh, I can take a hit. And I looked at him, you know, he's shorter than me. I said, it's only going to take one, you know, and, and he didn't say anything. Right. You know, and so I wrote about it and it got picked up in, in the New York times. So I was kind of a little feather in my cap, but I, I just love it. Al Frank and thinking he was going to go to, go to battle. He can take a hit from these, from these big players and, I'm sorry, you you don't know what you're t- talking about, dude. Maybe maybe we could line him up against Matt Burke. <laughs> see see if he could take a hit from Matt Burke. Huh? You know, these days he could. I mean, Matt Burke has shed it all his weight. Uh, as as Matt's told me, because I still have a little lead in the pencil. So, uh, well, that's Matt. Matt, Matt doesn't look. I mean, if you look at it facially, he doesn't look anything. I mean, it's weird that how. You know, a guy can just kind of get rid of all that weight, but he's uh, not not a small guy anymore. You know, I'm sure he's still, still not a small guy. for him. And uh, uh, I, I I would love to see uh, uh, a debate between those two because I think uh, Franken might uh, rip him a new one. But hey, that's for another time. And we'll that's for a different podcast. Yes, it is. Anyway, well, you know, I I think that's where we're going to leave it this week. Uh, uh, we will be back next week. Maybe we'll have more camp stories as that comes near, and we'll get a chance to talk about our predictions for the year. It's a little premature yet, but you know it's getting there. We're gonna we're gonna talk about them at some point. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, uh, Mark for being here. Mike Walden behind the scenes doing the doing the production for us. And there's gonna be plenty to do this week, Mike. You know a lot, a lot of <laughs> foods going on, but. Uh, Thanks to everybody. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, thanks to Joe Johnson for creating it in the first place. So until next week, skull.